Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. What's up, guys? We are here. We got a special guest again. Uh, you guys might know him because we had him before, but it's Jeff Butch Hobson. How are you doing tonight, Jeff? Great, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I guess you didn't learn your lesson from having me on the first time. So. <laughs> no, no. We had to bring you back on, especially to talk about this this great draft that the Bengals had. And I guess that just starts with the, the first question I have for you are, is what did you think of the Bengals draft uh, that we just had in 2021? You said it when we were talking backstage, Ace, you know. Seven linemen, right where the uh, old school guys like it, you know. I also like how the Civil War ended. The Civil War ended with a reconstruction period. Uh, after Chase, you get uh, Jackson Carmen. And I think, uh, I think that's quietly huge because, um, I, you know, his dimensions, not far off from the big fella from Oregon. And you spend an hour with uh, – Carmen, which I was, which I was able to do yesterday, which was a, uh, uh, which was uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, nice. This is a smart guy. This is a smart guy. Uh, guy plays six musical instruments. Wow. Switching the guard is going to be a hell of a lot easier than that. So <laughs> I really enjoyed. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I think uh, Chase and Carmen. That's a that's a nice one too. And uh, to come to follow it up with uh, all those defensive and offensive linemen, I think you know, hey, just exactly what they needed. No, I have to agree with you. I think we just had to get the trenches right, and we had to get a player like Jamar Chase. How special do you think Jamar Chase can be? Obviously, you covered Chad Ochocinco, A.J. Green, um, you know, Marvin Jones, all of these great receivers, T.J. Husmanzada. Where do you think that he has the potential to rent? Well, you know, the one, you know that's, a, that's a tough question. The one thing I can say is uh, after uh, meeting him on Friday, the guy, he's bigger than I thought he was. Uh, not, not tall. He's, he's, he's not tall, but he's a, uh, he's well put together. You know what I mean? And, uh, um, and I'm not, and I'm not sure what he's going to be. You know, I'm not really sure what he's going to be. I know one historical comp has him with Eddie Brown, uh, you know, very fast, uh, uh, guy, uh, who is, who is, who is a master in the deep ball. That's kind of, you know, and kind of, kind of, a a similar, similar height and, and, and size, but I think he's his own guy, you know, fellas, cause uh, Chad had a different quarterback and AJ had a different quarterback. They had different schemes, you know, they're going against a different kind of uh, corner, you know, from, from their era. So I think he'll be, uh, I, you know, he'll be different. Uh, I can't wait to see him because all the things you hear about him, the thing I, the, the thing I love hearing about him is how strong he is, you know, and uh, just and just how how strong his hands are, you know, and uh, that that that's something I'm really looking forward to because uh, uh, a lot of receivers, these rookies, have a uh, have a tough time adjusting to the physical part of the game. But I think this guy was made for that part of the game, you know. That's that's what uh, I'm really looking forward to see. So I don't know what kind of receiver he'll be. It's going to be interesting. I, uh, you know, he'll probably. Uh, it sounds like already right, certainly from his personality. He's got a little. He's got a little bit of Chad, you know, but he's also got a little bit of serene confidence, like AJ, a little bit. 
but that's you know I've been around them very minimally. I enjoyed meeting them, but uh, you know uh, I look forward to uh, knowing them for the next ten years. Right, uh, I think the Jamar Chase pick I feel like it's kind of a little bit different because it also it goes hand in hand with the Jackson Carmen pick to me. The Jackson Carmen pick, I know you both just now uh, were very very. Um, positive, I guess, on it. But the initial, you know, drafting the Jackson Common from the outside in, because from a fan standpoint or the public opinion or all these mocks always had Jackson Common in the third round. Um, one of the things that Paul Alexander, you know, and guys like Willie, um, you know, kind of put in, put this to bed, I think, right after the draft, is that he has the body and the build probably made for guard, and you spoke about that early on. Do you think that the 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 Jamar Chase pick is kind of like tied together with Jackson Carmen's success? Well, I think um, they obviously knew what they had to do. They had to get a receiver, and they had to get an opening day offensive lineman, you know. And they did, and they did that in in in, in the first two picks. How they were going to do it? Were they going to do it Sewell or Terrace Marshall or what? Well, you know, Sewell and one of those other guys, you know, but, uh, you know, you gotta, I, I, you know, you gotta like how they did it. Cause they went with Burroughs guy, which is, that's the, you know, I think in most years you say, you gotta take the tackle. You gotta take the tackle. Cause in most years you're thinking, you know, when are you going to have, you know, you figure you're going to, you got to have a winning record. You got to pack and have a winning record. When are you going to have access to that, to a left tackle like that, or, or to a tackle like that? When are you going to have access? Um, you're hopefully not going to be at five very often. And that's when you're going to get that guy. You're not going to get that guy out of the top 10, you know? So the one argument was, you know, the wide receiver, you're going to get, you know, like there could be a guy like Chase that falls where you're picking next year. If you say you're picking 19 to 23 or whatever, or hopefully number 32. But I think the thinking was, well, you can get a guy uh, kind of like that. But I think the thing with Chase is, uh, first of all, you know, what, what he did with your own quarterback, you know, so that's a completely different discussion that you have to, that you don't usually have in these things. And, uh, you know, the guy was, uh, he's, he's, plus he's exactly what they need. And I think they felt like Jackson Carmen was there. And if he, and if he wasn't going to be there in the second round, somebody else was going to be there who was going to help him. So I think they felt like, you know, we got a better shot of, Getting the receiver now, who's going to be who, who could be dominant, and we can still get what we need, rather than the other way around. So, uh, you know, I think it worked out. I don't think they could have drawn it up any better, really. You know, and then and then they get two extra fourth rounders and still get Jack and still get Carmen. Very, very key, very key. Made the draft. It, it, it made the draft. You talk about the two like fourth round picks. I don't know if if they keyed you into when they knew that they were going to move because it's. From what I heard, they said that they potentially could have stayed at 38. Do you have any idea, like, when New England possibly called them and said, hey, you know, let's let's make a deal? I think they were probably talking all day. You know, I think they are probably talking all day. That, that thing didn't happen on the clock. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know when the thing got solidified or when the thing gets serious, but I'm sure that just didn't pop up. 
And I'm some sure people, some people thought that the extra fourth round pick was a sorry for for spying on you a couple years ago. Do you think that there's any any credence to that? Like, hey, our bad for videotaping some of your stuff on the sideline. I think the league already took care of that. I think so. Right. Uh, nah, it's something extra going because that was like that's like that's an amazing trade. Yeah, that was. Uh, I also think too, uh, Zim. Looking at this draft. I think they thought it ran out after four because, as we know, half the prospects went back to school. So this was a reduced pool. And, uh, I, you know, I guess so because – and this is no knock on the kicker, but, you know, obviously they felt like they had what they needed because they wouldn't get the kick – you know, they wouldn't get the kicker, although the kicker was in need. I mean, I think that's a, something that's been kind of glossed over too is right. that that was a need probably just as much as a, you know – speed receiver you know what i mean so because they didn't really have anything in the can so that so that was a need and i but if they don't make that trade they don't they don't take the kicker i mean you know they're going to take something else at five there but you know it kind of all worked together no i, but, I from, like from, that from a draft philosophy standpoint it is kind of unorthodox to see a kicker in the fifth but for me I believe that uh, I believe that he'll be an asset, and and then that's different. And in addition to that, if that's your guy, it doesn't really matter to me. Like if it doesn't right. work out, it'll be heavily scrutinized, heavily. But if right. he, if that's the guy for the next couple years, five five to six to eight years, then nobody will ever think back and look back at that ever again. I think. Well, no, I, go ahead, Jeff. No, I you know no. That's all right, Ace. Go ahead. What are you gonna say? I was just going to say, like, for me, it seems like some of our fans are kind of acting like we drafted him in, like, the third round or, or did something like the Buccaneers when they took Robert Aguayo super early. To me, the fifth round is right or where, right around where that guy should have gone. So, for, for me, like like you guys are saying, kicker was a need. It was a huge need, and we saw how much of a need it was as early as the Los Angeles game last year. Um, so, for – for that pick, I don't think that it was a reach to take a kicker in the fifth round. Just personally, that's like kind of high, bro. You don't think that's very high? What about you, Robert Aguayo was like the third round. I think that's the. Uh, yeah, I think that's that insane. was the third. Yeah, I think that's the only. I think that's only the third kicker in the last ten years to go, like within the first hundred and fifty picks. Right. But I will say, but given given that by the time they picked that guy, they had already picked two offensive linemen that are probably going to make the club and are going to start at some point. And they had already drafted three defensive linemen. So, you know, before they get that guy. So I, I, I don't, uh, that kind of, that kind of, you know, we, he, he wasn't the fifth guy that they took, you know, he was right. the, what he was the eighth guy, right. Or the right. seventh or eighth guy. And they had already just, they had already knocked off a lot of their needs. They were playing with, I think they felt like they were playing at house money at that point because, Dante Dante Smith is a guy I think they see who's going to be eventually maybe start someday, right. and, and and I think you know uh, you know fourth round pick that's what you hope, and uh, you know Shelvin is a guy that's probably going to come in and you know it's it, that that hit a need and so did Sample so I mean you, you know you're playing with house money you already got your opening day right guard at number forty six, so you know and I think they felt like at the end four rounds that was about it. That was about all you were going to get of players. That's why they made the trade because they felt like it was a hell of a long way down from pick one eleven to that first to to the fifth pick. They would have, I mean, see it if they didn't make the trade. 
Mm-hmm. They probably don't get that. They Smith. They probably don't get, uh, you know, Shelvin. And the thing to me is like Dante Smith. I love those picks, but you probably aren't considering those guys as starters, you know, day one. And the fact that the kicker can come in day one right. and start, that's, that's tremendous value. Yeah. Right. That's, I mean, I think that's the argument that Darren Simmons made was uh, look, uh, the guy on that board and the, you know, you're looking at corners or whatever you're looking at, that's going to be a backup slash developmental player. Whereas you got a kicker staring at you that you have confidence that he's going to be your opening day. You know, he's going to be your opening day guy. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so who were some of your favorite picks? We always hear, you know, what what certain people uh, like about the Bengals draft, but who would be Jeff Hobson's favorite picks from this draft? Oh, I like, Jeff, I like, about to tell you, Jeff about to tell you, who cares about my pick? Nobody cares about my pick. That's right, nobody. Yeah. I do have, but I do like Common. You know, obviously a local guy. Uh, very, you know, love him. Uh, smart guy. You know, here's the thing about nobody says about uh, Common. You know, the number one pick in the draft, Sunshine, right? One of the reasons Sunshine could be Sunshine was that guy was protecting his blind side for two, three years. I mean, the guy lost one game. It wasn't just him. You know, key guy, key guy in a great program. Great pick. And I like the sh- and I love the Shelvin pick after talking to Kevin Coyle about about Shelvin after the draft. Kevin Coyle, the former uh uh, former Bengals secondary coach, who's now the uh, who's now a, a defensive analyst at at, uh, at uh, LSU, uh, he says this guy, this guy, uh, 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 he plays his best in the big games. You know, I mean, uh, everybody was you know talking about uh, oh they got to get a guy from you know get an offensive lineman from Alabama and all that, and uh, you know, uh, Shelvin made made. See, I made miss me to that line, you know, uh, as well as every other line that he played against in 2019. That's a great pick. I mean, that's a guy, he can change your defense. Big, you know, big man. I mean, you know, we know uh, what he could mean in, um, how, you know, with the struggles against the run and to be in a rotation, you know, with DJ Reader and uh, Larry, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Larry Ogden. Larry Ogden, Larry Ogden, Ogden. Ogden. Ogan Joby, Mike Daniels, Josh Tupau. Yeah. So suddenly that's, uh, you know, and that was, and last year, remember, God love them. They were playing with Chase Covington and uh, and, uh, Xavier, um, Xavier Williams. And and God love them. Great guys. Try hard guys. You know, that's just a tough, that's just a tough road to hoe, you know. So now you get a, now you get some, now you get some bullets. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I, I think a lot of different, at the time of the pick, and I love the Shelvin pick, and I love the depth at the position. At the time, I will be honest. I was looking for more of a three-tech um, uh, uh, defensive front guy that could give more pass rush. But when when I started looking at samples film a little bit more, and then I started looking at the seventh-round guy, if he makes the team, uh, yeah. there's potential for guys to kind of kick inside in, in yeah. some of those nickel packages. And then I think for the scheme, if we're truly going to lose scheme in a three four, like Shelvin's perfect. Like that yeah. like as far as the fit, it's a perfect right. fit. Right, right. Who do you guys like? Um, I think I think I actually believe it or not, I love Jamar Chase and Carmen together. I think that those are gonna be some good picks. I also like Shelvin as well. Shelvin was one of my favorite picks and uh the kicker for me as well. What about you, Zon? I like Jamar Chase, 
Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, and more Jamar Chase. <laughs> I should have known that was going to be his answer. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, I really like Jamar Chase. Um, you know, it's no secret about that. I think that's a – I wouldn't call him generational, but I just think it's a unicorn situation for a guy that can maximize his potential with a team at this very moment. With his guy, Joe Burrow, it's just a match made in heaven. So I love it for all those different reasons. I also love the McPherson pick, the kicker. Fifth round is really high for me, but what, if he's kicking for 50-something plus, it becomes an asset, and that's something that the Bengals haven't had from that position in a long time. And I'm okay with the growing pains of it as long as he's progressing as he goes along and he's able to hit from far away. I just think that's something – that it, especially the Marvin Lewis's teams is that they were forced to punt a lot of different times where a lot of teams wouldn't have punted at these forty something yard field, uh, forty something yard line um, uh, situations that they put themselves in. So that was a really good pick. Uh, I think that Osai, we hadn't really talked about them. That's the guy that had a first round grade on him. So to, to you know to get Osai at that point, if you would have told me before the draft, uh, Carmen would have been you know you know, the pick in Osiris, I might have told you they those two picks might have been flipped. So to right. get those guys and then get two fourth-round picks, I mean, that was the draft to me. Those two fourth-round yeah. picks was the draft. I also think a guy to keep an eye on, I kind of like uh, what I read about him, is the running back from Michigan, Evans. Chris Evans, uh, yeah. He's, 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 he's an interesting guy. He had a uh, great, great pro day and a great um, – and he was really great at the Senior Bowl, as, as Zach talked about. Interesting guy. Only had, I mean, I think people just – I think he just kind of fell through the cracks. I mean, this guy had three really good years coming out of the gate, um, got suspended for a year, came back. There was a new offensive coordinator. I think he only carried 16 times. But uh, he's an interesting guy to watch. Uh, he's going to make a real big run, I think, to not only make the roster, but to get some playing time, I think. Uh, uh, he's uh, – uh, a little bit bigger than Geo, runs a little bit faster, um, you know, and, uh, of course, he's got a way to go to, to, to match what Geo does on third down and all that. But uh, I think he's a guy to he's, – he's an interesting guy to watch. That could be a, you know, between Evans and some free agents, maybe the back end of that room looks different. Definitely. So, Jeff, I have to ask you, I saw that the rookies uh, got their jerseys, their jersey numbers. Notice one number didn't get assigned though, and that's ninety-seven. Is is the door shut on Geno Atkins, or is there a possibility that he could be back? I think anything's possible, uh, but uh, that was interesting that ninety-seven did not get assigned. No question about it. Uh, but you know, uh, they're gonna. Um, it's interesting about you know, if you signed him, you'd have to keep him. I would think. So who goes, you know, which, uh, which young guy goes. So, um, but that, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think the next couple of weeks. Definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, would Gino even want to come like just out of respect to Gino, like that they have 14 defensive linemen right now. Like to me, that's not even a situation I would even want to put him in. I really want him to get a ring, honestly. Maybe get one here. Jeez. Maybe it'd be a mentor. <laughs> Maybe he'd be a mentor to these guys, you know. I mean, I'd love to have a – they talk about shelving, you know, uh, uh, right. looking for some guys, looking for some uh, – you know, DJ Reader is going to be great for shelving. 
You know, well, so then, then then let's call him and let's get him back then. If you, if you believe <laughs> in it and you, and you think it's going to happen, call. let's call him. Uh, he said he won't take the call. <laughs> it won't take my calls. <laughs> we in the same boat. <laughs> no, that's real. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of guys on the D line, you know. I mean, uh, Gino or no Gino. I mean, you know, maybe they, you know, they maybe they keep ten. You know, maybe that's, they keep- that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be a super interesting battle. I think, like Zim is saying, it it does make it somewhat of a numbers game for sure. Uh, but um, one thing that I wanted to ask you, Jeff, uh, Jeff, is that Zach Taylor said that the Bengals may not be done in free agency. Um, obviously, they haven't told you everything or what their plans are, but do you have any like ideal targets that are in free agency position-wise where they could probably possibly go? I think position-wise, you know, they could be looking at the corner. They could be looking at a linebacker. Could be looking at a wide receiver. But it'd be a backup. It'd be a minimum thing. It's not going to be a big thing. It's a, the big deals are, you know, they're saving the money. I, I, I'm assuming they're saving it for extensions for – uh, for Jesse and Hubbard, that's that's the assumption. So uh, you know, I don't think there's good. I don't think there'd be a. There's not going to be a lightning strike in free agency, but there could be a move for depth. Definitely, Jim. You have anything? No, I I, I think Jeff covered like most of the stuff that I was thinking. I really really appreciated the input on all of this stuff because it's a lot closer to the team than I am. Well. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think they need? What do you think they need going into? You know, you get uh, looking at uh, you know they're about uh, two and a half months from training camp. Mm-hmm. You know, what do they need? What do you think they need? You think they need a wide? If, if I'm them, I go get the tackle that got that just got dropped from the Bears, and it seems a little crazy, but. If you want to just rule out all variables and everything like that, and I don't know the money cap situation now, but I forget the guy's name or whatever, but that's a starting tackle that could be put on the line, no no buts about it. Carmen is – it takes all the pressure off of Carmen. Uh, you start moving that around, and then we're talking about a top five offensive line in the NFL. And they only did that on the of uh, they signed uh, – they just drafted who I really, really like, and that was um, uh, Tevin, uh, Tevin Jenkins in the draft. I really liked them a lot. And I, and I wanted the Bengals to get them, but I don't think it fit the scheme um, based on the conversations that I heard. And I don't think the Bengals were really interested. But that is a guy that, that was like my favorite offensive liner in the draft. But as a result, they released their Pro Bowl tackle, and he's out here. Um, but if they really want to put this thing to bed, I, I don't want you writing stories taking up for any – uh, shortcomings of Carmen this year. That that is one thing that I just think that is like, I don't want to hear about like him converting to tackle a guard. I just really wanted to be clear in in um in 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 have this line set up for success, and we never look back and hit ground running. I think I think for me, I take a Pro Bowler, but I'd actually take a look at Trey Turner if he's available at the right price because. And it, that's nothing against Carmen because I got Carmen as um, locked into one of those guard spots, but the other guard spot is the one that I don't know as much about. So I think for me, if you were able to bring in someone like a Trey Turner and you give me Jonah at the left, you give me Carmen or whether you want him at the left or right, but let's say we put Trey Turner at the left guard, you give me Trey Hopkins at center, you give me Carmen at right guard, 
you give me uh, Riley Reef. I love that line. So for me, it will possibly be one of those free agent guards. Now, obviously, it depends on the money, but I think at this point, uh, with uh, with uh, us getting ready to rev up here, I think guys will probably sign for a budget. So I would love to get someone um, like a Trey Turner. And I think you also mentioned linebacker. I don't think that they've uh, replaced the veteran snaps that they had at that position last year. So I wouldn't mind a linebacker either. Uh, and, you know, Zach Ertz is getting released, but I think that they're pretty set at tight end with the guys that they have now. Uh, but Zach Ertz, I think just the Cincinnati connection would make that cool. But I think that they're pretty much set there. And like you said, maybe maybe corner is an option for them as well. Uh, but honestly, I think after this draft, they've they pretty much well rounded this roster out. Don't uh, don't sell Hakeem Adeniji short. You may be looking at your you 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 may be looking at your left guard of the future. Uh, they 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 like him a lot, and uh, you know I think uh, I think he showed showed he can play both tackle and guard. So I would not uh, you know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule. Uh, you know, identity would be interesting. I, I, I would like that. I would. I would say don't sell Fred Johnson short as like a good uh, swing tackle. You know, like for me, Fred Johnson at the tackle position, not the guard position, is is a legit option that I really, really believe in as well. For me, to, just talking about the kid from the Bears or whatever, it's just like every year I feel like you're having to take their. You have to cover for them in in my mind. Um, on a lot of different things, and, uh, and and what it is is variables. So every day of my life, I'm in the business of deleting variables. The one variable that I see is Jackson Kleiman converting over. You're you're pretty much handing him a start right, a starting right guard. There's mm-hmm. growing pains in the NFL, and as much as I believe in Jackson Kleiman, I just think that puts a lot of pressure on him, along with the pressure that's going to be on by public opinion for most people that feel as though Jackson Kleiman. That, that wasn't on their radar. That just thought it was a third-round uh, talent. I just think it takes the pressure off of him. He's drafted really, really high. We all understand that he's the guard or a tackle of the future in all circumstances. And I think, you know, you put him next to Riley Reef. You put him next to Trey Hopkins and uh, let him learn. I mean, he's a uh, uh, he's not – he's going to be uh, – I don't think the adjustment's going to be that. I, I tell you, yeah, he's going to go through some growing pains. He will. But he's a smart guy. He's going to adjust. Uh, you know, the future is now, man. Yeah. Uh, and, I agree. and you know, and uh, I think, um, you know, I just don't know. I think, you know, at some point too, you know, it's nice to bring, you know, nice to think about bringing these guys in. But you got to think about age. You got to think about money. You know, you get Jonah Williams. Let's go. You know, it's time now. It's time. Oh, it's oh, it's, it's oh, it's less dope for sure. And energy. it's time, you know, these guys, you know, it's not like they've ignored the offensive line. You know, they've, they've, uh, uh, they need these guys. They've either got to develop them or they got to get, or these guys have to have, have to come play now. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, like I say, it's not like they've, uh, they've ignored it and they, and they've got nothing to show for it, whether that's because of what, what development or, I, but I but I but I think these guys can play now. With Williams, is a big you know the big question is can he stay durable? That's right. that's the question. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get that answer with him on the bench. I, no, I, agree. I listen. The the reason why I'm team Chase is I argue with people every day of my life, telling them like y'all 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 wanted Bobby Hart gone. 
You wanted, you know, you wanted all these different things. You went Pollock in there. You didn't want Jim Turner. You got that. You got Riley Reef in there. Oh, but he's old. I'm like, but look at what he's great in there. You drafted, you drafted Jonah first round. Number 11 pick. I'm the captain of that. Like, showing people what the Bengals did. But going into the draft, I'm going to tell you, Jeff, it was not enough. People did not have enough. So now, that's my fear is that Carmen comes in because that is a big, you know, that is a big transition. And, it, and, and it's his job to lose. And I believe in the kid. I just don't want to hear uh, people's mouths about, like, like, like the, I, I'm just so through with the negativity on the line because now it is time to play. And I just want to make it very comfortable yeah. for him because he doesn't deserve, like, this unwanted pressure on him. Be, it's not his fault that the Bengals drafted him in the second round and people didn't have a mock, you know. And I just wanted to be a smooth transition. And I want everything to be, you know, cured in, in my perfect world. That's all it is. Yeah, no, right. No, I hear you. I, I hear you because you do, you know, you wonder if that happened. You know, I think Michael Jordan was probably rushed. And right. did that, you know, I think Michael Jordan could be a fine. I, I, I think he's a fine talent. But where's his confidence level? I worry about that. And, uh, you know, and so I see what you're saying. You don't want to get the guys, you know, you don't want to get the guys confidence shot because I got I got high hopes for Michael Jordan because I think he's a uh I mean he was he was 21 years old when they you know when he when he and they made him the uh remember it was kind of stunning uh yeah uh, that was they made him the starter right away uh which is uh was he ready I don't you know with the, I, I don't know but I right. but this is why I this is why with a guy like Pollock he's got a fresh start you right. know what I mean so he should and I'm sure he will Mike's a smart guy himself uh, blank slate. He can go away. He can go retool. You know, it's it's a new start for him. It's a new start for the offensive line because of a uh, because of Pollock. So, but I hear you, Zim. About you know, you don't want to. But I think Tom, you know, and I obviously I don't know him well. I've read about him. I've spent some time with him. But I think the kid could handle any. You know, I think the kid could handle pretty much anything. Like, hey, he's already been through the crucible. Uh, look at the playing in that pressure. But talk about pressure. Man, he may think this is kid stuff after being at Clemson, blocking right. sunshine, right? This may be kid stuff for him. Well, I can chase you. Yeah, yeah playing, <laughs> playing in Death Valley is no joke. Yeah, so I mean, you know, he's it's uh, you know, like Paul Brown. Hey, he Paul Brown would love him because he's been there before. Right, right. What well, Jeff? I, I'm, told wanna... Mike Brown, I, I, I'm told Mike Brown specifically asked about Carmen and didn't ask about Panay, like multiple times. Well, I think they knew. I think they knew pretty. I guess. I guess they knew they wouldn't have a shot at him because they were going with your guy. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, Jeff, we would we would like to thank you for being gracious with your time tonight. Thank um, you. Thank you yeah. for thank you for being gracious to ask me on. Yeah, of course, man. Of course, we got to bring the legend on. Obviously, Jeff Bush Hopson. You can catch all of his stuff at Bengals.com. Do you have any special stories coming for us in the coming days that yeah, you want to tell the fans about? Working on a uh, working on a Carmen story, trying to trying to go uh, delve into his life a little bit and what he's bringing to the table, and uh, I think we'll have some Ring of Honor stuff will be uh, coming out in the next couple of days, uh, and uh, you know try to uh, try to uh, there'll be I think uh, there'll be something to look forward to. So uh, there'll be and then of course I just try to track down some of these draft picks. They're going to come in I think next week. They'll be here for a one day. Uh, rookie mini camp. So uh, there'll be some new faces and some new stories on there. All right. Well, we look forward to it, Jeff. We appreciate it. And who day?
Hootay, guys, thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jeff. Yes, sir. That was Jeff Bush Hobson. We just had him on, uh, the legendary the legendary Bengals.com writer. Um, Is Zim, it live? No, it's not. It's not live. We have um, another <laughs> guest today as well, though. We we brought Let's in my see, man, what? Bingo Sands. What's up, Sands? Hey, what's going on, guys? Nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good, man. We're we're obviously we just spoke to Jeff Hobson about the draft. Uh, obviously, I spoke with you during the weekend, during the stream, and everything. Just wanted to get your thoughts just on the draft overall, like. I guess if we could, obviously everybody loves Jamar Chase, but just talk about what some of these players, I know that you've done some film breakdown and stuff like that. Just talk about what some of these players could actually bring to the Bengals. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so Jamar Chase, and I talked about this with uh, Zim on his live stream. So really the thing you're looking for with Chase, and I think it gets overstated sometimes, like every number one wide receiver dictates coverage, but it's really like five elite wide receivers that'll dictate the coverage and force teams to play too high. So that's really what you're looking for in Jamar Chase. And, I mean, he could do it. You look at his 40 time, uh, his ability to work downfield, everything that comes with it. I mean, what he did at LSU. So you're hoping that he can bring that to the Bengals. And maybe not this year, but in the future, he can force teams to play too high and rotate their coverage his way, opening things up for everybody. I think we've all discussed this a lot. Um, Jackson Carmen looks like he's going to be starting guard this year. And I think they're just going to, I think they're just going to keep him at guard, but I'm not positive on that. They like this versatility to play tackle, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're more looking for a tackle to replace reef next year. That isn't Carmen, or maybe it's Smith or because the Smith pick made me think like they might think that uh, Carmen might just be a guard. Um, in the third round, Osai, I thought Osai actually came in kind of, I had no opinion about him before the draft, but I thought he was underrated afterwards when I watched some film because the Texas defense, they didn't do him any favors. Uh, he was playing off-ball linebacker in 2019, and then in 2020 he was usually playing close to the tackle in a five technique or a four-eye, and it's hard, to, it's hard to rush the passer from that. So he only had five and a half sacks, but I think he's better than that. <sighs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sample, I think, is going to be somebody who can rush from the edge but also kick inside either on passing downs or in college. He did it on rundowns. He was playing three-tech and four-iron rundowns. So I think he has that ability as well. Maybe he has to bulk up a little bit. Um, Tyler Shelvin, one of my favorite guys. Uh, Love a two-gapping nose tackle. He's going to beat the hell out of a center. Um, And two-gapping is basically what it sounds like. You take two gaps instead of one. So he's going to cover both a gaps when he's beating up on the center or he gets a double team and he makes sure that those, those guys are staying on him and he's not moving and he'll split it to make a tackle. He's great at what he does. It's limited. I know people were upset because it's not a pass rusher. Deontay Smith is a developmental tackle. I haven't watched a ton because he's Eastern Carolina and that's not easy to find. Yeah. He's only played in one game as well. So yeah. For this season, at least. So. Yeah, 2020 only played in one game. You want to watch the newest film on somebody, not their old stuff. So. Oh, I learned the hard way with that with Jackson Carmen, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think he's really just a developmental piece. It looks like he gained weight and did well at the Senior Bowl, but I don't know too, too much. I think after that was the kicker, and I don't know anything about scouting kickers. He looks good to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. As long as he can make 50-yard field goals, it's all good. 
Yeah, he had a 55-yarder. That'd be one of our longest in the past couple of years. So that, that'd be great. Um, Chris Evans, he seems kind of like Geo, and he took Geo's number. Uh, he's a great pass protector, and he's a great receiver. So right. seems like he's going to probably not play as much as Geo because Geo had all the experience, but I could see him stepping into a similar role. And Hubert, I don't really know anything about either. I know he's a edge rusher that I think also can kick inside. Like we have uh, so many of those guys. Hubbard's one too. So that's a quick rundown on everybody that I've seen so far. No, I appreciate it. You're listening to Bingo Sands. Um, he's on Twitter. I love his breakdowns and, and things of that nature. But I got to ask you something. How did you become like a Bengals fan? What was what was it about Hootay Nation uh, that brought you – uh into this fan yeah so i'm actually not from cincinnati i'm from ohio but more northeast but not cleveland uh so what happened was my dad was a browns fan and my mom was a Bengals fan my mom became a Bengals fan because she lived in cincinnati for a little time and she was the manager of uh one of the mcdonald's in cincinnati and I guess Boomer Esiason went through the drive-thru. <laughs> and so she had a connection with the Bengals. Then she just became a fan there. And then when I was a kid, I mean, it was like, do I want to watch the Browns or do I want to watch Chad Johnson? So <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy decision to make there. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, way easy. So in, in terms of like your film breakdowns, what was just your inspiration from that? Did it come from watching the draft back in the day or was it just something that really piqued your interest? Yeah, the draft isn't even like my main thing. Like I, I like watching the Bengals film more. I like watching the draft prospects that'll play for us, but this was more like it's the offseason. I don't have anything going on. Everybody loves draft prospects and breakdowns of those guys. So I'll join that. Um yeah, I mean, I played football in high school until I tore my ACL and meniscus, but that was I I also played basketball. It was my first ever basketball game in high school. <laughs> I stole the ball, went down jump stop two guys jumped on top of me and my leg went like down split in half and I was like okay that's oh, it good. those careers <laughs> right so, so but, uh, uh, what position did you say you played again in football I was a 510 180 pound left guard okay so, <laughs> so you know a little thing about about some protection and, and stuff like that and that's what I was telling them because we were having a conversation and um your name came up and I was like yeah I respect Sands and he was talking about how Mike Daniels was just like, yeah, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he probably had to play football. And Zim was like, no, I think he just knows what he's talking about. I'm like, nah, I'm pretty sure this guy probably played football as well if he if he knows all of that technique and stuff like that. So it is it is dope to hear that you play football and basketball. So I, I never would have known that. So that's dope to know for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, some of it is stuff you learn afterwards too. But the inspiration comes from I played – on the offensive line. So it's like those guys never get the love they deserve. You see clips exactly. of guys. The only thing you ever see are either pancakes or clips of a guy missing a block, but you don't see like a guy perfectly sealing a three tech from the tackle position. It's like, I want to highlight that. And then with Daniels, yeah. I was highlighting all this, all the stuff he does that nobody notices. And he found me and he was like, yo, I was because he knows with you playing offensive, offensive guard, you know what those guys are supposed to do and what you would struggle with and what you would be worried about from that end. Yeah. And I, man, he does so much good stuff. It's a lot like Shelvin that nose tackle is what he does at three technique where he's double teams. They're nothing to him. He just throws one guy aside. There was a play where 
he threw uh they double teamed him the guy climbed to the second level and he just tossed kevin zeitler aside and i was like oh man <laughs> that's kevin zeitler right. that's not just nobody at guard and he made the tackle i thought that was awesome that was one of the that was one of the plays I think he found that I posted. I don't really tag players, but I just right. – if they search their name, they'll find it. Nice. No, nah, that's dope, bro. That's dope. I actually – myself, I used to play – so I started off – and I was actually late to football, so I, I think I started off in the seventh grade. I was more of a basketball guy. Like, um, No, me too. Like, I like playing basketball more than I like playing football. Same, bro. I just happened to be – I think I was actually better at basketball, but when I moved back to Cincinnati – I didn't get to play as basketball as much. And that's when I kind of noticed the the difference in Ohio when I moved back to Ohio, because I'm originally from Ohio. My parents got a divorce. And so when they got a divorce, my mom moved us out to California. And so during the school year, I would be out there with my mom and I would play basketball every day. There was there was literally a park next next to my house where there was basketball hoops. I had a basketball hoop in the garage. I mean, not in the garage, but outside of the house. So in the driveway. Um, so I would play every day and then I moved to Ohio and everybody's about football, like not saying that there wasn't a thing, but it was just more of an emphasis on football. And so I decided, yeah, you know, I'll try to thing out and um, started off as a running back. And I was just a natural at running back, like literally was about to I, I think I had like a 98 yard run or something like that. Uh, I think my eighth grade year. So first year I just was naturally pretty decent. Uh, at the running back position on defense, I think they started me off at linebacker. Uh, but back then, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just lining up and playing. And so then I had, I did have the record for Wyoming Middle School because I ended up going out to Wyoming um, in Cincinnati and Greater Cincinnati. And I had like a, had a sweep that was like a 98 yard touchdown run. And I thought that I had the record right because I was like, oh, I got the record and stuff. The very next year, the other somebody else had like a 99-yard <laughs> run the very next year. And then I got to high school, and everyone wanted to play running back, and there were just too many of us. There was new guys that transferred in that were like coach's sons, the running back coach and cornerback coach's son. Um, so they ended up switching me to like slot receiver. But I was more of a running back, so I was shifty. And I will probably describe, I guess, my play style kind of as like Percy Harvin, where – I could do stuff with the ball in my hands, like on reverses and stuff like that. But then I could also sometimes line up in the slot and then line up on the outside. So I started playing slot receiver. And then um, for some time, like probably my sophomore year, they were trying to use me as like a hybrid player. I was small in high school. So like they knew that I was fast. So they actually tried to play me at like the nose, like some kind of hybrid nose, nose guard. Like, I was a small guy. I just had to get around the bigger center and just try to get to the quarterback. And this was on, like, JV or something like that. And it's funny because the guy that's the coach at Wyoming now that got coach of the year by the Bengals, that, that was my coach. I remember him in, in eighth grade and, and in high school. Um, and then they switched me to corner. And corner was the hardest position I had ever played. Like, it gave me such more respect for what those guys do. And as a receiver, I kind of – knew both sides of, of that spectrum. So I could relate to what you were saying when you were saying, you know, knowing what somebody like Mike Daniels is capable of doing and what you're trying to keep him from doing and how hard it is, is it's sometimes difficult to grasp. Not saying that you had to play the game, but you know what it's like to be in that position and to see this guy do something that's unreal or to see someone do something that isn't easy um, is, is definitely something that you get from that vantage point for sure. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think corner might be like the hardest position to play just in general. Oh, I used to be jealous of safeties, bro, because we'd have to play like man, and then the safety would just come up over the top and just get all the interceptions, and it would it would it would definitely make me upset. But yeah, corner, you know, having to judge a guy's speed, like I could I could only imagine what these guys have to do when you got a guy like Jamar Chase running at you and you can't touch him within the first five yards. That That is insane. You're already at a disadvantage backpedaling and making sure that you turn your hips the right way. So, yeah, it's that's one of the reasons those guys make so much money. If you can get a really good corner out there um, that can shut those guys down, that's why they make the big bucks. And it's also why the receivers make the big bucks because when you get a guy like Jamar Chase coming off that line or A.J. Green or – a Chad, Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco, it's hard to stop those guys. Yeah, for sure. I, I think corner almost relates a little bit to offensive line in that you don't hear about them unless they either unless. make an exception or they mess up. It's like you don't see they perfectly cover a guy and nobody sees it, so they don't care. And then also you're usually if you're pressing somebody, it's kind of similar like blocking. You're putting your hands on them and then you're right. backpedaling. You're working backwards while the other person gets to work forward, which is never intuitive. No, I'm with you. And I always had enormous amount of respect for the offensive line. And maybe it's because I started out as a running back because I knew <laughs> if those guys weren't setting those blocks that uh, I was going to be in trouble and I was going to get hit. <laughs> so I definitely always had respect for the line and always knew that the game was won in the trenches. And without those guys there doing their thing, that it definitely wasn't going to help um, the skilled players in the offense for sure. But Sans, I just wanted to thank you for, for coming on. But before you get out of here, if you could just let people know where they can find your stuff uh, at on any of the social media platforms. Yeah, I'm Bengals underscore Sans on Twitter. I'm also Bengals underscore Sans on Instagram, but I don't use it very often. So definitely check out the Twitter and I'll be putting up uh, film threads of every prospect we take. So look for that. Yeah, so definitely be sure to check that out, guys. Um, I think our man Zim is out having a, a natty reader right now. Um, so I appreciate you guys uh, for coming through. Appreciate you for coming through as well, Zans. And I just want to leave you guys with a who day. Who day? Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sport.